Imagine you were born without your sense of sight. You knew your world by touch and sound and feel, but you also knew that something more existed than you could experience. And then one day, sitting on your corner, begging, feeling the sun on your face, you hear a band of men shuffling along, dust filling your nostrils. And their conversation is addressed to a man named Jesus. And faintly curious, you listen, and you find yourself as the object lesson for the day. Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Oh, great. You wait, head down, to endure this humiliation, because you've heard this kind of thing before. But this man's answer surprises you. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the work of God may be displayed in his life. Shocked, you lift your head to that voice. The work of God in my life? No one has ever said anything like that about you before. He went on, As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Suddenly you feel mud smeared on your face by powerful hands, and a kind voice says, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam. A mix of emotions rush your heart, but something about that voice convinces you that the intentions are good, So through the jostling crowd you go, you feel your way toward the pool, finding the cool waters with your searching hands. You lift the waters up to your face, and hearing the splash, you remove your hands from your eyes, and you open them. Light. For the first time, you know what eyes are for, what they're meant to do. And as you blink rapidly, hardly daring to close your eyes, the words of the stranger flood your mind. I am the light of the world. And this was light, something that reveals more of what's real than what you'd known before. Now you think that that would be the end of the story, kind of like a fairy tale. He lived happily ever after. But actually, the bulk of this story is about what happens to this man after he's healed. This really isn't a story about healing. It's a story about the unbelieving world's reaction to Jesus' power. This story is about the hard road of a disciple who seeks the truth and will not pretend to be blind to it again. The story was demanded of this man again and again, but he was delighted to tell everyone who asked, not because he understood it, but because it was true. This man they called Jesus put mud on my eyes and told me to wash, and I did, and now I see. He's been healed, restored by the care of a man he did not know and had never seen. But this story shows that with the miracle of Jesus' touch, the journey to true sight for this man and for us has only just begun. The movie, At First Sight, is based on a true story, and it's about a man who lost his sight as a small child, and he was able to have surgery to restore it. But even when his eyes worked properly, he discovered that he didn't know how to see. He saw shapes and colors and images, but he didn't know how to interpret them. He didn't know how to attach meaning to the world that he knew. He couldn't tell the difference between a picture of a car and an actual car. And for a long time, for him, seeing was scarier and more confusing than the darkness. It took time for him to learn what he was seeing and what it meant. And in the same way, for this man formerly blind, even though he'd been healed, it took time for his spiritual sight to form, to make sense of it all. 
The first time he was asked to tell his story, he referred to his healer as the man called Jesus. The second time, he called him a prophet. The third time, he simply said, all I know is I used to be blind, now I can see. And the last time he was asked, he responded, why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to be his disciples too? With each repetition of his story, he'd come to process the truth about Jesus, what Jesus had done for him, who Jesus truly is. And through that process of telling his story, he realized that he knew what he wanted the next chapter of his life to be. He knew that more than anything, he wanted to know and follow this one who had healed him. There was a deeper healing that God longed to do in him, one that was of his very soul. Now, can you understand how that happened? Often it's in the telling of the story of our own faith, our own experience with God's grace and mercy, that we too begin to understand what it means to us, what Jesus means to us. Sometimes our souls learn best when we're the ones trying to teach others. This journey to true sight came from this man being willing to confess what Jesus had first done for him. But you'll notice that confession came with a cost in this story because there were those who didn't want to hear this truth. There were those who didn't want to see what this man could now see. And they mercilessly questioned him and even his parents to try to find a different answer than the one that he was confessing. The Pharisees charged this man with an oath, give glory to God. That means tell the truth. We know this man, this Jesus is a sinner. And in his answer, this man did give glory to God with the simple truth. He said, all I know is I was blind, now I can see. And they are furious, furious that knowing the truth, he wasn't going to speak anything else, no matter what they wanted him to say. And not wanting to hear the truth, they drove him out of the temple. You can imagine how frustrating that would be for this man who had never been able to see before. And now he discovers for the first time that in the Pharisees, apparently, seeing is not believing. Something is keeping them in the dark. Something has blinded them to the beauty and the character of the Lord that he can see so clearly now. I think this story is important for us Because like the Pharisees, we can also let things keep us from seeing the power and the character of Jesus at work in our lives. We are constantly struggling to find answers to our questions, and that's good. But like the Pharisees, often we don't see because we're trying to look through the wrong lens. Sometimes when we're looking for reasons, for answers to the question why, we miss the what, what God is doing right now. We miss the powerful goodness of God right where we are. And it was that kind of wrestling that led the disciples to ask Jesus the question about who had sinned that this man was born blind. There is brokenness in the world because of sin, fair enough, but the disciples wanted to know specifically whose sin is it? Who is to blame for the problems in this man's life? Maybe then they'd know who to blame for the problems in their own. Are they victims of the system? Are they punished for their own actions? Are people randomly chosen to suffer? What's the reason, Jesus? Whose sin is to blame for this? They're pretty sure the answer is either black or white. They demand a reason for brokenness as if it were unusual. And why is that? In the world that we've always known, bad things happen 
daily. People are born with problems, people injure themselves, people are injured by others, plants wilt, rocks erode. We live in a world that slopes toward death. If there's anything that life teaches us, it's that all things of earth are temporary. You think we'd have figured that one out by now. So truly, what's surprising is that we're surprised when we're hit with illness and grief and age and complications. We're outraged and shocked and surprised. Why? Because somewhere deep down inside our hearts, we have this feeling that this is not the way that life is supposed to be. Somehow we know there is something more true than the world that we can see. An existence that instead of changing toward decay, changes toward increasing life. Somewhere deep inside, we know there is a life like that. Sharing in God's life, in the one who is life. So much so that in spite of the fact that we live in a world that's filled with brokenness, we're shocked every time we experience it and struggle to try to explain why life is not the way it should be. Our hearts are longing for life that only God can give, life that's not temporary, but eternal. So the disciples want to know why they don't live now in a world without suffering. Who is to blame for this situation, Jesus, this man or his parents? But Jesus doesn't seem to cooperate with them. His answer is neither. In short, Jesus is saying, wrong question. If you really want the answer to the question, who sinned that this man was born blind, I believe the correct theological answer would be everybody. When the world was broken by sin, it became a place where these kind of things happen. And the cause and effect of how all the things since the dawn of time impact each other is too complicated to find a why answer related to just one source. But notice Jesus doesn't even go there. He knows they don't need a theological treatise about the brokenness of the world. He doesn't want them to waste any more energy on that. If the wrong question is, who is to blame? The right question is, how may God be glorified? To ask, what's God's purpose now, from where we are now? Jesus answers the question of God's purpose for this man's blindness, not by saying, because he, but by saying, so I can. It's kind of like someone asking me the question, why am I here? And me answering them, so I can give you a hug. No matter what factors brought you here, my purpose in your presence here is to bless you. There are too many factors at play in the world's brokenness to answer all the questions of why. We just aren't in heaven yet. But as long as you're asking about God's purposes in this world, Jesus simply answers, let God be glorified. And he demonstrates it by reaching out to heal. See, the truth is we are all born that the works of God might be manifested in us. That is God's purpose for you. A movie of the book and Broadway musical, Les Miserables, just came out around Christmas. It's a powerful story of the power of God's grace to restore a life that has been broken. And its main character, Jean Valjean, was lost in anger and bitterness. He was blinded by unforgiveness and violence until an act of love and kindness from a Christian bishop set him free to see that God wanted a different life for him saw more for him than he could see for himself, saw a life of blessing rather than a life of revenge. 
saw a life in him that God considered worth saving. And overwhelmed by that sheer gift of God's grace and love for him, Valjean begins to see life from new eyes. For the first time, he knew what life was for. And he wanted nothing more than to spend his life following the one who had set him free. Having known God's grace, he's reborn as a man who wanted to give grace to others. He remakes and rebuilds his life, and when hard times come, he's tempted to choose to live by the world's self-serving ways. But having seen the truth, he could not pretend he was still blind. His life had a new Lord now, and it was not himself. Living in that truth brought him into conflict with the values of the world. It created complications. But in the end, it also greatly blessed him and the world around him. His life, through all its ups and downs, was a vessel for God's good purpose in the world. Now, I think that story is a wonderful parable. Because when the eyes of your heart are open to seeing who Jesus really is, life can no longer be centered on what used to occupy that space. And in a life where Jesus is at the center, God can bring real healing for the world. You see, Jesus teaches us to pray that God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven because God's will is not naturally done in this broken world. Instead, Jesus and those following him stand in the gap in order for God's will to push back the darkness through us. Jesus didn't answer the question why this man was blind. He answered that God's purpose for this man was that God's glory would be revealed through him. And it was. And that was God's purpose for Peter the fisherman and for Mary of Magdala. And it's God's purpose for you. And even today, this morning, this life of the man formerly blind has been used to lead us to praise our Lord to see his amazing character, his love and his grace, and to draw our hearts to want to seek that Lord for ourselves. In our lives too, may God be glorified like that. And did you notice when this man finally realized what he wanted most was to know and follow Jesus? He didn't have to look for Jesus, who he had never seen. Instead, Jesus found him. And today, beloved of God, I want you to know that Jesus has found you too. Our Savior has broken into this broken world to die at its hands in order to bring you the promise of victory of restored life in his life. Do you see that this story is actually about you? That you too have been rescued from sin and death, from a fate of decay, rescued instead for a future of increasing life. You too have been rescued by the care of a man whom you have never seen. He came to you in the darkness of your inability to see him, blinded by the lies of the world, and has invited you to be washed and to know his true light. And you're here today, like the man formerly blind. You have begun to see with the eyes of the heart. You have not seen the face of the one who rescued you, but your heart longs to follow after him, to know him. And as you remember and tell his story and your own story of faith, you begin to trust that God does wish to be glorified through your heart, fully alive in his love. And when your heart comes to the point of wanting to know this one who has saved you, who has healed you, you can know that Jesus himself will be there with you. 
like the man in our story today. Although you have not seen the one who has healed you, one day you too will see your Savior face to face. For God so loved you that he sent the light of the world to be your Savior, to draw you into a life that will not fade but grow into eternity. And today in your life and in mine, my prayer is may God be glorified as he moves his holy purposes forward one life at a time in this world. He is the light, and in his light, nothing looks the same. Lord, let your light shine in us. Please join me in prayer. Lord, thank you that you glory in blessing and restoring us. Lord, we pray this morning that you would forgive us for our blindness, for refusing to see your true heart and your love for us. Lord, forgive us when we get stuck in blame and open our eyes instead to see what you want to do in our lives, to see your purposes of bringing glory even into a broken world. Lord, help us to keep at the center of our lives your love for us. And as we live knowing your love, Lord, may our lives be vessels of your love to draw others to your light. Your light reveals more that is true than anything we could ever know without you. So use our lives, Lord, to help others see that you are God and that you are good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.